Welcome back, everyone, to Great Quarter Gals. Uh, it's Great Quarter Gal, I guess, today. Uh, of course, the wonderful uh, Kaylee Nix is taking a Great Quarter vacation, and much deserved. So happy to take on the show with her, uh, without her today, unfortunately, but she is here always in spirit with us. And today is a really exciting day because we're going to be diving into STEM. That's right, those wonderful science, technology, engineering, and of course, mathematics areas of education. Because not only is today pie day, which everyone loves because we're all trying to find our favorite pies and pizza pies for a lesser value, usually about $3.14, but it's also dress for STEM day. Now, dress for STEM day, you wear purple. That's why I'm decked out in a color that you rarely see me in today. Uh, everything, makeup, uh, shirt, all that jazz. And today is today to bring awareness to, of course, women in STEM programs. And most importantly, uh, helping them reach their higher uh, initiatives, promotions, job careers, etc. cetera. Uh, it's really unfortunate the number of women that end up getting STEM-related degrees but actually don't end up following into those STEM-related rules. So, of course, what is STEM? Well, it is the science, technology, engineering, and mathematics education that uh, we focus on, of course, getting into women, females in particular, as young as possible so that they can learn and get the confidence in these different educational and different skill-level jobs or uh, career paths uh, for example, one of the biggest problems with getting women to take on STEM roles is their confidence, if they can compete against their male counterparts. And I think that has to do with a lot of the education system and making, uh, unfortunately, more female-focused, male-focused types of, of classes. I think that's starting to die down the more our generation takes over educational uh, roles, but uh, it's still a problem today. Here's some interesting facts for you. On average, 21% of STEM college graduates are women. So that alone could be improved right there. I mean, we make up 51% of the, of course, uh, human race. So the fact that we uh, can't bring that up to from 21 close to that 50 is, is a feat of itself that we can focus on. 38% of women who major in computer-related fields actually end up working outside of that field. They don't ever end up following their path into that. And with only 21% of women going into STEM programs, it's, it's even sadder to see what that 38% would end up being. And then to top that all off, and I think this one is key for especially the industry that we're in, 24% of women who majored in engineering type of educations or roles end up not working in engineering. So it's a huge problem today to not see that women uh, at least are trying to get these degrees, getting this education, but aren't somehow for some reason getting into the roles that they need to fulfill that and to bring those numbers over into actual roles in our industry. And to top that all off, of course, the average male salary in STEM roles is almost $15,000 higher than their female counterparts who have the same tenure and same degrees and same time on the job. To make that even worse, the average Black or Latinx woman make is actually making $33,000 less than their average white male counterparts. Again, same role, same tenure, same education. 
uh, huge gaps there that, of course, could be worked on. And one in particular that I'm very passionate about and might seem to do maybe less with with this industry as a whole, but at the end of the day, healthcare equals a strong workforce. 80% of healthcare workers are women, but only 21% of those uh, health executive jobs are women as well. So uh, that I think shows you that when we do get women into this space or the majority of the workforce is women, what's holding them back from becoming those executives? And health is a huge one because guess what? Our bodies, and even when it comes to different races in particular, work much differently than men. And if it's just men that are going to be out there making the health overall decisions of us, well, we're not going to have a very healthy female workforce to enter into our industry at the end of the day either. So here's some easy ways that you can improve and, of course, bring more attention to helping this problem with women in STEM-related roles. One, next pie day, get your free pace slice of pie, but make sure to wear purple and wear too much purple to the point where someone says, why are you wearing so much purple? And you can explain to them, well, it's dress for STEM day. And on top of that, there's four other easy ways. One, give women the skills and the confidence to succeed in math and science. I know all you girl dads out there, I've met you guys here, you're in this industry. Go out there and ask your daughters how much they love their math class or what they love about their science class. Uh, as an aunt, I'm, got, I'm an aunt here. I'm a, that's what I excel at. I'm not motherhood status, but aunt status for sure. Uh, I try to get my nieces as many STEM-related gifts as possible, whether it's like fun science kits or we just like broke open a bunch of rocks uh, my niece's last birthday to look at the different crystals inside of them. Focus on that. Make them feel confident in STEM-related uh, type of education. Then, of course, we need to improve on our STEM education and support girls and having them start as early as possible. Girl Scouts is a great way of doing that. There's a lot of STEM-related badges they can acquire. But again, I think that's the confidence as parents is being able to say, hey, you're really good at this. How are there, is there after hours classes we can take you to? Is there clubs that you would like to do to continue your work in these fields? And then as they grow up, we have to really work to attract, recruit, and retain females, within, especially those STEM graduates. You know, get in there early. Go to a female STEM groups as recruiters. Figure out their career path. Stick with them as sophomores, juniors, and seniors so that you know that, that there's a chance and a good chance they're going to come work for you. And then once they are working for your industry or for your job or for your company, improve the promotional pathways for women and be extra intentional in creating that inclusive culture so that, of course, these women feel confident to take on those roles so we can improve some of these really awful numbers uh, that showcase uh, women are not getting into the career paths long term that they want to see themselves instead. So that is my rant for today. But more importantly, I brought, I think, a very powerful, perfect example of a woman in STEM who's not only creating a wonderful pathway for herself, but really working on helping diverse and spread equity within our industry. And that is Tiffany Standard. She's the founder and chief executive officer for Stimulus. Tiffany, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm happy to have you on. Be here. 
Yes, and it's, uh, again, happy uh, Women in Dress for STEM Day, happy Pi Day, whichever one you celebrate. I mean, I'm going to celebrate both, that's for sure. <laughs> but I think I'm happy to have you on here because I think your background is a perfect example of, of what this motivation can do for women in these types of uh, educational programs. Can you tell us about your background and the work you've done to get yourself in the freight tech space today? Awesome. Again, thank you so much for, for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation. So I kind of fell into supply chain and vendor management. I started in payroll um, and at different corporations and then got put into the vendor management side where I was helping different corporations manage their vendors. And I was the youngest in the department. I was in my early 20s. Everyone was, you know, 10, 20 plus years, you know, my senior and was brought in to, to basically help them really navigate how they work with their suppliers. And then, of course, I squeezed in their supplier diversity because I wanted to make sure that the companies that they were working with and buying from, you know, looked like me and had the opportunity to work with these large corporations. I was already running my first business part time. So I knew how hard it was as a business owner to get into the supply chain of a company and trying to really navigate their processes and all of that. So I had the ability to work on both sides, looking at them as a buyer, looking at, you know, the companies as vendors and was like, hey, I would love to, you know, kind of put them two together. And that's how I kicked off my career in, in vendor management and supply chain. So left one of the corporations I was working for long term, I volunteered to get laid off. It was around the recession in 2008, 2009, and decided to, to go full time with my first business, but continue a lot of the same work in consulting, uh, really bringing together buyers and vendors. And then that corporation became one of my first corporate customers and then been able to work um, across the areas um, for almost 20 years now. I love this. And I think it's it's incredible to see you work in this field, see the gaps of diversity, especially in the supplier and vendor uh, space, something that's unfortunately is taking regulation, I think, to push people and promote people into doing even more so. But can you tell us what, and to be punny in this situation, what stimulated this idea of creating this type of platform <laughs> in order to make this easier? Maybe a little bit of background on the challenges that you're solving with this platform as well. Yeah. So I love the pun of the stimulus. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's how I came up with it. Of the name stimulus in two parts. One at the time between 2008 2009 is where you know the stimulus check um, I received came out, and I used that to fund my first business. And I always liked the name and understanding more what that meaning was to stimulate. To it means economic empowerment. That's why you normally get you know these checks during recessions or when something is happening um, within the government. Um, and it stimulates, right? It, it's a it's a cause and, and an effect um, reaction. So um, always love the name. And so coming up with stimulus was looking at the years of me working as a buyer within different corporations and then becoming a full-time entrepreneur and now being on both the buyer and vendor side, right? Being able to be across the board um, throughout my industry and looking at the importance of how do you use data and information to really choose the right suppliers. I taught companies throughout my career that much like your customers and your employees, 
the right suppliers can become a company's competitive advantage. I'm looking at these big corporations, their balance sheet, and they're spending so many, so many of their dollars with these large other corporations, but then also smaller companies and diverse companies, small percentage, but they were still spinning across the board, but they still didn't have the information that they should have the way they had, you know, on their customers, employees. They didn't know when leadership changed within that supplier. They didn't know if that company got bigger or smaller. They didn't know all of the product and services that they were offering. So I wanted to create something from my own experience, but then experience that I was hearing from other suppliers of how do I build the better relationship with this supplier and vice versa, the supplier saying, how do I build the relationship with that buyer? So Stimulus is a relationship intelligence SaaS platform that uses data insights, relationship building tools, and a proprietary score focused on a supplier's performance to really help companies build better relationships with their suppliers while also optimizing and growing their supplier ecosystem. So really making it more efficient for companies to choose the right suppliers, but then also fulfill different business objectives that they have. So whether it's ESG, whether it's location-based, whether it's DEI, and by easily comparing suppliers based upon relevant metrics and data, they can quickly match them to a relevant contract opportunities real-time on the platform. I love that. And can you tell us a success story, I guess, for maybe a company that you've worked with? No, don't have to drop names, but at least showcase maybe how their purchasing decisions changed or how the system helped bring in that more diverse uh, vendor group? Yeah, it's a great question. So we work across industries, but have been focusing a lot on specific industries, one being healthcare and us working with a pretty large healthcare provider hospital on the East Coast and really helping them understand who's in their backyard. So many corporations spend, you know, globally and nationally, but forget about the companies that are local to them, one a mile away, five miles away, especially when you're trying to focus on ESG and uh, focus on sustainability or reducing your carbon emissions. So in us helping, you know, them put their information on the platform. So not only are we taking their suppliers, but we're taking how much you're spending with these suppliers, how much have you spent with these suppliers from previous years. And we help that hospital not only save time of going through suppliers that are local to them that could possibly, you know, be a part of a contract or take over a contract that was about to expire, but they was looking for a specific type of IT service and thought there was only one local company that they can work with and we found them 20, right? And it's just sometimes wow. you have these buying habits that you assume that, oh, there's a reason why I'm buying from this other city or there's a reason why I'm buying from this other country. And that's fine. You want to continue that. But you also want to have different relationships and alternative to your suppliers to make sure that you have a more robust and transparent supply chain because not even just COVID, anything can happen to that supplier. And you just want to have not only backups, but you also want to be supporting the companies that are in your, you know, 10, 20 mile radius, um, because they're also trying to grow into large companies as well. I can't imagine the shelf shock, especially a company that's gone through COVID, who's probably dealing with so many different vendor issues to find out that not only was there more than one, but 20 of uh, a certain vendor within your area. Uh, and, and not only that, but imagine the, the bigger the city you get into, the more diverse, I assume, almost that that 20 is going to be compared to like picking out these little pockets of vendors uh, in locations that you're not close to. And I think that's what's almost great about visibility tools and technology today is it's like it's bringing us more visibility into 
the wonderful contributors of our economy that are just right down the street that you might not think was there. And I guess that goes to my next question, which when it, when it comes to technology, what role do you feel like tech uh, startups, entrepreneurs have in making sure that their technology helps produce almost this more diverse uh, economy or diverse system to bring, honestly, equality across the board? Yeah, great question. I think technology is important because, you know, as humans, we're we're constantly thinking of a hundred things, you know, throughout the day, whether it's your work, whether it's your family, your friends, life, you know, so many things that's happening across the board. So technology, if it's done correctly and, you know, can really help you, you know, do your job better and, and hopefully, you know, get off work on time and not think about it. Hopefully when you get home and you can focus on other things, um, especially if you're utilizing, you know, machine learning and AI, hopefully that, you know, product can be sort of the brain for you, right? Um, to help you think about things that you're not thinking about. Uh, we're starting to see the maturity of adoption between, you know, enterprises taking on more, you know, products and SaaS products and technology to help them, you know, do their job better. So even for us at Stimulus, we're thinking like if we have your supplier information, we have your spend information and you're looking for specific types of companies that you want to work with and you're searching and maybe you can't, you know, find that company that time and then you come back to the platform and now you find now the platform is recommending that company to you or companies that are similar. So you don't have to think about it. Right. Because you're going to come back, yeah. you're going to forget. Or maybe you're going to go to other colleagues and then it just becomes a longer process. And maybe you're doing it for a week. Maybe you're doing it for months. And we want to help you like take that you know, brain power and put it towards something else. And we're recommending, you know, these different companies based upon that data, right? And especially diverse companies where going back to what I said earlier, sometimes you think that there's not X, Y, and Z in this space. Maybe it's not enough women in this space, but those are assumptions. You don't necessarily always have the data to prove your assumptions. So we want to give you that data to say, yes, there may not be some here, or yes, there is some here, or, hey, there's a new one here that you should try. Um, so really just helping you think um, as you're trying to do your job and hopefully, you know, saving you time and money. Yeah, I think the assumption aspect too with data, it's a, it's it's funny how easily you can skew data to, uh, to agree with your assumptions. But I think bringing in especially uh, different data and analytics, and that's the whole point of this, right? Bringing in more women into the conversation might allow you to find something else within that data that could really change your business as well. And being a, clearly a woman in this industry, and being in tech in particular, and starting this wonderful company, what hurdles have you had to overcome being a woman in this space and uh, raising money out there and just starting the conversation of, of really becoming and starting your entrepreneurial uh, journey? Oh, that can be a whole um, hour, but I'll show in it. <laughs> um, so all of the minorities, right? So, you know, being a woman, um, being a black woman, a person of color, um, you know, looking younger than I am. I have a very baby face that people always assume I'm, I'm younger. I can pass for a college student. I always say I can pay a college student on TV. So, you know, that may be a future career. <laughs> Um, so people you know, not knowing that I've been in this industry for a while because they're assuming that I, I'm younger than I am. 
Um, you know, other discriminations that we've seen, like they just passed the, the Crown Act, where sometimes women of color are discriminated against because of, you know, how they style their hair. And it's not just in workplaces, yeah. also just in business in general, that that discrimination can happen across the board. Um, and then I'm in supply chain. Um, it's not the sexiest topic. It's sexy to the people that's in it, but it's not sexy yeah. to people that, you know, don't really understand it. it. It hasn't been until the last few years that people really understand what sourcing means and purchasing means and, and procurement means and, and supply chain. And now it's sexy because you understand that's the reason why you get everything that's in your house, your your car, your your place of business, whether you own the business or you work at that business. And now you understand the importance of it. Like, I don't care what industry you're in, every industry has a supply chain. And so I wrote, like, we just closed a oversubscribed C round this past summer. And I talked about that experience. And I literally said, you know, fundraising is hard. Fundraising as a black woman in tech is hard. Fundraising to grow a supply chain startup is hard, um, but thankfully it's not impossible. It definitely took some time to, you know, get people behind it. You know, people loved me and loved what I was doing, but they would say, "Well, I'm not really passionate about supply chain. Why do we need this?" <laughs> and yeah. now they get it. Whether they personally was dealing with it, their family was dealing with it, or even the portfolio companies that they invest in, I say, you may not care, but I promise you, if, if your businesses are B2B or B2C or B2B, B2C, they're selling into a supply chain. So you should care because helping and working with those companies can really make sure that you get the return on the money that you're looking for. I love that. It is possible. Uh, makes me think. Whitney Houston, right? And Cinderella. It's possible that things are happening every day, right? And it's just about yes. putting that step forward. And uh, uh, shout out to Whitney on that one. Uh, just listened to that soundtrack the other day. So it's odd timing for me. But uh, I, I love that. And I love that you, you're so confident in that role. And that's why I wanted to start off by sharing the importance of building up women's confidence in these roles so that they can say, you're right, it's not impossible and I can take steps towards this. Uh, my last question for you is, how can our industry help promote more women to take on these STEM roles and, and have wonderful entrepreneurs like yourself a part of this industry? Yeah, I think it's important to make sure that, you know, you're hiring within. Um, I've already always been a part of STEM in some way, shape or form, but it, it took until me getting really into my 20s to know the the understanding of it. Now that I'm older, I look back on, you know, being a young girl, we did not have all of the things that we have now. Um, black girls who code or girls who code and all the pr programs across different corporations. I did not have that growing up, especially because I went to Catholic school and that was not a part of their extracurricular activities. <laughs> so uh, they definitely did not put us in tech classes and teach us about STEM. So there's so many resources out there, even coded by kids. That's also based where I am in here in Philadelphia that is allowing kids to understand the power of a computer, the power of technology, the power of building. So I think it's important to not only promote these different, you know, nonprofits and some for-profit programs that are out there, um, but even with our company, you know, most of the people on my team are women women of color across the board. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I was bringing in people, not only that had great tech skills, but I had a passion for what we're building in supply chain. Because um, not just for the supply sake of supply chain, it's about helping businesses do 
and be and work better with these different businesses that are out there and growing their businesses. So we have kind of like that economic empowerment side of our business as well. So it start, you know, recommending these different programs, volunteering. So I volunteered for Girls Who Code to Black Girls Who Code throughout my career, um, you know, really giving them the things that I didn't have not have growing up. Um, and, and making sure that I, you know, invest in these companies as well and, and, and donate as much as I can. Well, you're an incredible role model for the space. And what's even cooler about it is you've created a technology that's going to help people even build upon what this conversation is focused on today. So it's a double positive in my view for Tiffany, for anyone looking to see the work that you're doing or reach out to you, what's the best way to, to do so? So yes, you can go to the Stimulus website, that is getstimulus.io, so G-E-T-S-T-I-M-U-L-U-S.io. Um, you can also go to our LinkedIn page, that's Stimulus Inc., or my LinkedIn page, uh, first name and last name um, across all social media as well. Thank you, Tiffany, for being a part of the show. And you're right, we will have to have you back on here to get some updates on how everything is going as well. So thank you so much for being a part of this industry. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And for our wonderful audience out there, I hope that uh, you guys got to learn a little bit more about not only women in STEM, but how women in STEM are improving and also investing in women in STEM for the future as well. So I think if you're even out there, a company looking to improve your vendor space, your suppliers, and say, well, the least I can do is make sure that I'm bringing individuals like Tiffany into the conversation. Go check out Stimulus today as well. Next time you see me, I'll be with wonderful Kaylee Nick. So get excited for that next week. Until then, everyone, thank you so much for watching the show and continue to promote women in STEM roles. Appreciate your time. One, two, three.